0: Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorce. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. All right. 1 John chapter 2, verses 7 uh, through 17 is what we're going to be talking about here tonight. The Bible says this, Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye uh, had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hates his brother is in darkness, even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hates his brother is in darkness, and walks in darkness, and knows not what Where he goes, because that darkness has blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you've known the Father. I have written unto you fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men, because you are strong. And the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loveth the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away... And the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I want to talk to you tonight for the next few moments on the irrefutable law of love. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you for how this message fed me even today. I pray, God, that you would help me to be able to accurately communicate it that people would receive it tonight, that they would be challenged by it, that they would be encouraged by it. Instruct us, Holy Spirit. We're open to you tonight. We want you to speak into our lives. We give you praise and everyone said, "I'm ready, Lord." I'm ready, Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you about the irrefutable law of love and we'll work our way through this passage that we were talking that I read to you. And we'll mix some more scriptures in there. But in the Greek language, there are four words for love. And some of you that's been around faith teaching, you will definitely understand this. And you'll definitely be familiar with this. Some of you that have not been around what we would call faith teaching may not. And so I'm going to just share it with you for just a few moments. But in the Greek language, there are four words for love. There's the word eros. And this is a sensual type of love or an erotic type of love. And you should know that that word is never used. The word for love eros is never used in the New Testament. It's not used in the New Testament. Then there's the word phileo, 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 p-h-i-l-e-o. p-h-i-l-e-o. This is a brotherly type of love. It's where the, It's where the city Philadelphia gets its name. It's known as the city of brotherly love. So that's phileo. And then there's a word called storge. If you looked at it, you you would automatically think it was storage, but it's pronounced storge. And this is a type of love for family. It's the kind of love that you have between brothers and sisters and and, uh, kids and their parents and uh, all of that family type of love. There was a lot of storge going on over the the last uh, few weeks. And then there's the agape kind of love. The word agape, which is all encompassing love without limits, agape kind of love. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a very familiar passage of scripture. We won't go all the way through that, but I do want to touch a few scriptures there tonight. And so we'll start in verse number four. The Bible says, charity, or the word, the word charity is love, charity suffers long and is kind. Charity doesn't envy and it doesn't vaunt itself. That means it doesn't lift itself up or vault itself to a higher place and charity is not puffed up. So love is not puffed up. Real love is not puffed up. It doesn't behave itself unseemly. It doesn't seek for its own. It's not easily provoked and doesn't even think evil. That's real love. Real love doesn't think evil. Rejoice is not in iniquity. You know, wow, they had it coming to them, bless God. I'm so glad to see that. No, no, no. That real love, God's love is not that way. God's love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. So it doesn't rejoice in untruths, but it rejoices in the truth. Real love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and it never fails. And then the Bible said, whether there be prophecies, they "...shall fail." That means they come to an end. They become fulfilled. Prophecies become fulfilled. They shall. And then the Bible said, "...where there be tongues, they shall cease." So there are times in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we don't have time to get into it, where the Bible talks about the proper use of tongues. And some people take that little phrase there where the Bible says tongues will cease and they say that tongues are not for today. But that's not what the Bible teaches. If you just go on to the next chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, there's an entire chapter on the proper use of tongues for today. It's right there. Okay, what it, that means when it says tongues will cease, it means that people aren't going to talk in tongues all of the time. I'm not talking in tongues to you right now. I'm talking to, to you in a language that you can understand. And then the Bible said, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. How many of you, uh, well, let's not go down that road. All right, so the irrefutable law of love. So when we talk about love... We're talking about the irrefutable law of love, this all-encompassing love. Now, I want to begin tonight by talking to you about the fact that the law of love is found both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. This concept of loving God and loving one another is not just for New Testament saints, but it was for Old Testament relationships also. So this is where we begin. I read it to you. 1 John chapter 2, verses 7 and 8 says this, Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you had from the beginning, the old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. So the Holy Spirit, through the pen of the ready writer, was saying, I'm not going to write something to you that you have not already heard. Sometimes God has to reiterate things, doesn't he? Sometimes God has to say it again. And then verse number 8, it says, Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go on. But the point that I want to make right now is that the command from God to love him with all of your heart is found not just in the New Testament, but it's found in the Old Testament also. We find it in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5 when the Bible says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. So when it says to love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart and all thy soul and with all thy might, that's talking about the entire encompassing part of our life. When we talk about our heart, that's talking about the spiritual side of us. When we talk about the soul, that's our mind and that's our will and that's our emotions. And then when we talk about our might, that's talking about the physical side of us. So what God is saying is everything that defines you needs to love me. That's what he's saying. Everything that defied you needs to love me. You need to love me spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. And then we go on the command from God uh, to love God with all our heart and all our mind and all our souls in the Old Testament as well as the New. And then in the Old Testament we find out where God commands us not to avenge ourselves but also to not hold grudges, but to walk in love. In Leviticus chapter 19 and verse number 18, some people say, well, you better be glad that we live in the, in the dispensation of grace. There was grace back then. Mm-hmm. Luke chapter 19 and verse number 18, the Bible says this, Thou shalt not avenge. And then it says, Nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor As thyself I am the Lord. Now that's Old Testament. I read it to you in the New Testament, but that's Old Testament too. So here's what he was saying here. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning, and a word which you have had from the beginning. And that commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. This was not a new commandment that came along after Jesus came. This was a commandment that we have had from the beginning. Now, how many of you know that God's Word is established forever? So, guess what? When we get to heaven, we're still going to need to be loving our neighbor as ourselves. Why do I need to protect my love walk? Because faith works. By love. That's why when the enemy fights you, he tries to attack you in the area of your love walk. He'll try to get you at odds with one another and try to get you to avenge yourself. And the Bible says here to not try to avenge yourself, number one. And number two, don't hold grudges. Why? Because when you avenge yourself, you're attacking, you are personally attacking your own love walk, and when you hold grudges, a grudge will eat away at your love walk. And guess what? That shuts down your faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, how many of us want to please God? Whatever we receive from God, we receive by faith. Because God doesn't respond to need. God responds to faith. He responds to the prayer of faith. So God commands us here that we are not to avenge ourselves, that we're not to hold grudges, that, but that we are supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. And then he goes on, he says, I am the Lord. So the law of love is found in the Old Testament and the New Testament. This is not a concept that was just for New Testament saints, the Bible says it's from the beginning. Okay? All right. Second thing I want to tell you about tonight is that about this irrefutable law of love is that God commands us to walk in love. It's a command from God that we walk in love. You're commanded to love your neighbor, you're not commanded to like your neighbor. But you're commanded to love your neighbor. Well, I think that's one and the same. No, 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 no. You've never been to a family reunion, have you? (laughs) And a picture of someone just went through almost everyone's head. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You love them, but you don't really like being around them, right? But they're family, so you love them. Well, God commands us to walk in love. So we go on to the next three verses, verse 9, 10, and 11 in 1 John chapter 2. The Bible says, now, this is, now now understand this is piggybacking off of verse number 8. I told you we were going to go back and we're going to talk about what verse number 8 says, where the Bible says uh, that a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. Now we're going to start talking about what that means here, verses 9, 10, and 11. The Bible says, he that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. God is very clear about this. If you have hatred in your heart, then you are in darkness. You're in darkness. He goes on and he says, he that that loveth his brother abides in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Why? Because he's in the light. If he's in the darkness, if you're in the light and there's no occasion of stumbling, if you're in the darkness, then that would mean that you could stumble, right? And then verse number 11, But he that hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So God is very clear. If there's hatred in my heart, then there is darkness in my heart. And darkness or hatred... Causes me to stumble. Darkness or hatred brings confusion. The Bible said that he doesn't know where he's going. Darkness or hatred brings blindness. So what's the answer? Walk in love. Walk in love. We have a choice, church. We have a choice. We're to walk in love. Walking in love is walking in the light. Walking in hatred is walking in darkness. If I'm walking in darkness, then I'm walking through stumbling, I'm confused, I'm blind, I don't know where to go, I don't know what to do. If I'm walking in the light, the way is clear. So if I'm walking in love, the way is clear. If I'm walking in hatred, then I'll get off track. So God not only wants us to walk in love, but God wants us to share that love with every single person that we meet. And we find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, in the Amplified Version. I chose to read it to you in the Amplified Version here. Here's what it's, and you may not have it for, you might not have the Amplified for up there. We need to work on that, honey. We need to get the Amplified later. Uh, That's my wife that I called honey, by the way. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. In the Amplified. And we're talking about how that we're supposed to share this love with everyone that we meet. It says, If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, which in the Amplified explains that is that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as inspired by God's love for us and in us. So if I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, then I am nothing more than a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, I'm just making a lot of racket. Let me put that in vernacular that we can understand. It doesn't matter how loud you shout. It doesn't matter how many times you spin around in a circle. It doesn't matter how many times you run the aisles. It doesn't matter how many times you give God vocal praise. If you're doing that and you have hatred, in your heart towards someone that in God's ears and in God's eyes you are absolutely nothing more than just noise. That's why it's important for us when we approach the throne of God to come to the Lord and, and, and you know, you say, well, you don't understand what they've done to me, and you don't understand what I've been through, and you just get, there's just absolutely no way. That's when we throw ourselves upon the Lord, and we start saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God's love is big inside of me. God's love is rising up inside of me. I will not walk in hatred. I will not walk in deceit. I will not walk with these feelings. I won't have a grudge in the name of Jesus. I'm going to walk in love in the name of Jesus. Lord, Bless my friends and God bless my enemies. Lord, just bless those that despise me and say all kinds of bad things about me. God, I pray that you would just bless them. You say, why in the world would you do that? Because what I'm believing God for is more important to me than winning the battle with my enemies. The greatest, the greatest defense or the greatest victory is success. Success. What do you mean by that, pastor? Here's what I mean. There might be people trying to shut down your walk with God, your faith walk, your love walk. Just love Him anyway. And let God continue to exalt you. Let God continue to raise you up. Let God continue to do His thing. Keep yourself... Listen, I made up my mind a long time ago. I'm going to keep myself positioned to receive manifestation anytime God pours it on me, wants to pour it on me. You say, well, when would that be? Well, I know I got a lot of seed out there, and my seed demands its harvest. And here I am, Lord. And I speak to that seed, and I command that harvest to come in the name of of Jesus Christ in every single area of my life. And I'm not going to let a bad spirit abort what God wants to do for me. I'm going to stay in love. So if I speak in the tongues of men and angels and have not love, then I'm just noise. I don't want that to happen. I want to have my heart right. When I approach His throne to worship Him and to praise Him, audibly and with my life, my everyday life, then I don't want it to just be noise to Him. I want Him to feel love. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose of God, and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, then I'm a useless nobody. That's what it says in the Amplified. So I can prophesy. I can allow knowledge to work through me, secret truths, mysteries. I can operate the gift of faith so that mountains are removed. You say, Pastor, how come some of these people out here can live like the devil and still go and be in the ministry and accomplish things? Because God is true to his word. That's why. That's why. That's why you should never ever inspect the fruit or judge someone based on how much they can prophesy or how much they can shout or how good they can sing or something like that. No, 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 no. You're not called to be a judge, but you can be a fruit inspector. Okay? So, let, so let's continue on here, okay? So I can prophesy. Someone prophesies. They can, they can appear to be spiritual and all that kind of stuff. But the Bible says that the number one criteria that God's looking for is love. And if there's no love, then the Bible said they're nothing. They nothing. They are a useless nobody. doesn't matter how much they prophesy, how much they operate in faith, how much they operate the word of knowledge. If they don't have love in their heart, in God's eyes, they're useless. I don't want to be useless. I don't. And then it goes on, verse number 3. Even if I dole out all that I have and give to the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned or in order that I may glory, but have not love, then I gain nothing. So the bottom line is this. We can say, we can do, we can appear to be powerful, to be mighty, to look like a Christian, But God looks past the outward appearance into our heart and what God is looking for is love. He's looking for love. We can't please God without love. How come? Because faith works by love. And without faith it's impossible to please God. If my love is not working then my faith is not working and if my faith is not working then I'm not pleasing God. You say, I can't do this. Yes, you can. We can do it. God will help us. God will help you love the rascals in your life. Somebody say amen, Pastor. Amen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. First John chapter 2, 12 through 14. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven, you for his name's sake. I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because you've overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children because you've known the father. I've written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you've overcome the wicked one. Why can we love? Because he first loved us. That's Why? Love helps us overcome. We love him because he first loved us. And then here's another thing that I want us to to hear. We love others because he first loved us. And there's a time in our life when we were the other. When we were in sin. The Bible said that God loved us when we were in sin. He loved us before we gave our heart to him. Jesus died to save sinners when they were still sinners. He died to save sinners when they were still sinners. So so it was an activity of faith for Jesus to go to the cross. To establish God's plan of redemption. It was an activity of faith for him to allow them to crucify him. For them to allow, them, for him to allow them to put him into a borrowed tomb, it was an activity of faith, and that faith kicked in when, through love, he cried out, "Father, forgive them," hanging on the cross, hands stretched out, for they know not what they do. What great love! What great love! So. God will help us. God will help us love even the rascals in our life. He will. Have you ever noticed how much energy it takes to hate? You ever seen someone that was just wrapped up in hatred? It don't take very long and it starts aging them. Doesn't it? You know why? Because when we open up our heart to hatred, then we open up our life to the devil. And he sees that entrance and he comes on in. The only thing that can shut the door on the devil is making the choice to love. In 2018, I'm going to love people more than I've ever loved them before. I don't care who they are or what they've done to me. I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them. And you know something else? I'm going to enjoy living. I'm 50 years old now and I don't care what people think anymore, bless God. (laughs) Somebody told me, they said something's going to shift in you the day that you turn 50. Well, it took about a day after that. Now I just realize I don't care. I mean, I love folks, whether they like it or whether they don't. You know? I mean, I'm going to enjoy life. I told Donna the other day, I said, it's time for us. I said, we've been in Florida for nine years, and we have never been to Disney. The only place that we've been that's remotely close to that is Busch Gardens in Tampa. And I told her, I said, we've had our head down working the whole time we're here. And I said, guess what's going to happen this year, mama? She said, what? I said, we're going to fall in love with Florida. I said, we're going to lift our head up. We're going to start taking a few little trips here and there. A day here, two days there. Everybody's told us ever since we've been here, you need to go to St. Augustine. It's the most beautiful city. We've never been to St. Augustine. I said, you know what? We're going to go to St. Augustine. She said, well, where are we going to go? I don't know where to go. I said, people will tell us. All we got to do is say, hey, church, where do we go for a day or two? And I said, we got a church full of people that come down here and they have checked this state out. They know where (laughs) we can go. Amen. How did I get off on that? We want to love. We're going to stay in love. We're going to enjoy. Last passage here. Loving God and loving other is not the same as loving the world. And the Bible tells us that in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's talking about the world's system and the world's ways of doing things. God tells us to love not the world or the things that's in it. If we love the world, we don't have the Father's love. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. God created the world. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. God created the world, but God did not create the world system. Sin created the world system. And so, God created the world, but a whole lot of things that are in the world today are the results of sin. Sin is a willful transgression against the law of God. That is the theological definition of sin. But when you break it down, it's simply the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. And these things did not come from God. They came from the world system. And that's what the scripture says when it says, love not the world for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And then the Bible says in verse number 17 that the world will pass away and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God will abide forever. Hallelujah. I want to spend my life doing God's will. Don't you? Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4.com. And that's the number for Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida 34669. Or you may call us at 727 856 1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.